Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you, where fascinating people meet. I'm your host, your groove mistress, and your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Perry. I'm just happy to be here, and I'm happy that you're here, especially because so many people are excited about tonight's show. And I just want to say thanks to everyone who's been subscribing or following and listening and sharing with people and leaving comments and reviews on some sites. I really do appreciate that. Uh, One person said it's like having a seat at the cool table in the lunchroom, and I like that. And then someone else said that they like, in fact, I've had more than one review say that they like the fact that some of my guests are very well known, and some of them they've never heard of, but it's somebody they're glad to learn about and get to know their work, whatever they do. And uh, that's pretty cool, but that's because my audience is very, well, you know, you're all very savvy. You check things out and uh, usually know more than I do about the guests by the time you come on. But anyway, we've had so much fun. Um, let's see. Last night we had Ruble Chandy, and he talked about how to make some extra money in this gig economy of 2021, where things are very different. And I'll be sharing the uh, the website addresses for the different places he talked about where you can make a make some extra money because we all need it. And let's see. Oh, Viv Boucherot's going to be on next Monday. Now, Viv is an artist, a mixed media artist in England. Um, I have seen her husband play several times. He's his name is Chris White. He was in the original lineup of the Zombies. You know, time of the season, the Zombies. And anyway, she's got a great new book called Know You're Crazy. Her publicist sent it to me. I just opened it today. It's gorgeous. It's art that explains women feel. <laughs> and it's Know You're Crazy, as in Y O U R crazy. Also, loved having uh, people comment again about Arden Marine. Now, Arden Marine was on a few weeks ago with her book, Little Miss. Little Compton, and Little Miss Little Compton is about her life growing up in Little Compton, Rhode Island, and that was way before she ever was on Mad TV or in the, um, different TV shows, and of course now she plays Regina Sinclair and Insatiable on uh, Amazon, and... What else? Oh, excuse me, on uh, Netflix. And what else? Oh, Dave Koz, uh, Grammy-winning saxophonist Dave Koz, says that uh, he was on about a month and a half ago with his new single, I mean, excuse me, his new CD, uh, A New Day. And so he was having a promotion with that where each, each song had a color that matched to it. And if you send in a picture of yourself wearing one of those colors, he will put your picture on the website. And although those Hundreds of them already, when he was on the show, he said, send him more, and he'll give you more. I mean, he'll put them up there. Also, uh, Ricky Bird, 
Hall of Famer Ricky Bird. We gave away his CDs, and we may have some more to give away. Uh, you know him from Joan Jett and the Black Hearts, Blue Oyster Cult, and our beloved Afrofuturist writers, uh, every single one of them, Zigzag Claiborne, who also co-hosted the Buckaroo Banzai tribute show with me, and uh, Milton Davis. I mean, they're all doing great. They're knocking it out of the park. They're getting um, special recognition, published in lots of magazines, and their books. Are... So go check it out. If you don't know Afrofuturism, just think Wakanda and uh, check it out. Or as Milton Davis calls his, Steam funk or steampunk so anyway tonight's guest everybody's hounding me about this and i am thrilled i i am just thrilled he's on the show he's uh he does everything he's an extremely talented actor filmmaker producer uh he has worked with some of the most uh most well-known directors john frankenheimer bruce bearford mark shelton and that's just a few of them he's worked on both sides of the camera and uh, also Bill Scats, uh, excuse me, scale sets for uh, Team America. Um, he's the art department lead man on the TV show Wipeout, which I have to laugh at that because I'm thinking, what, i, I got to ask him about that, to, to work on Wipeout. I watched that show, my husband and I, and uh, <laughs> what does he do? Does he, does he paint little mean faces on things so the people can like, slap them in the face, you know, with a big, big... Uh, uh, mallet or something, they'll get a little extra charge out of it. I don't know, but I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm thrilled to have him here because, because, and of course, by now you know it's Kyle Hester. I because everybody's excited about this, and I've got a few questions to ask Kyle Hester. He's sitting here in the genie bottle, and I hope he's getting comfortable. And uh, there's a lot of things to ask him about his films his work, his training, and uh, some of the main questions are, I have for him. You've got your own, I know. You can call in. We're going to open the phones in about 10 or 15 minutes. Um, I want to know, zombie with a shotgun, how does that work? If the zombie loads a shotgun, won't their arm fall off? Uh, the other question is, I want to know why. Why? He seems like a nice guy. Why wouldn't Sharon Stone let the man sleep? And the last question I'm going to ask him is probably, well, not the last, but another one is, I want to know, Kyle Hester, just who do you think you are to decide that vampire watermelons must die? Kyle Hester, welcome to Madame Perry Salon. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hello, Madame Perry. That was all fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, wow. I don't think I've ever had a, a an introduction like that, and um, to, to, to unmatched, unmatchable, I think. But uh, so oh. thank you so much for having me on the show. This is awesome. I am thrilled. I was so psyched when you said yes. I go, whoa! He must think I'm somebody else. Uh, somebody <laughs> no way. famous. No, we're, we're we're all in this together. You know, it's like we're we're all we're all indie. You know, so we we got to support each other. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I know um, you've, you've lived in Atlanta, you've worked in Atlanta, and um, you know the scene around here with uh, movies and TV shows and stuff. Um, 
I know you've learned a lot working on different shows, and I'm gonna I want to get your philosophies because I know you're a smart man and you've got a keen eye on everything, and I want to know your takes on stuff because like well okay when I worked audience in um in courtroom shows like like paternity court divorce court you know you mm-hmm. can walk out of there after shooting ten shows and think forget global warming warming we're not worth saving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. It's all about perspective, isn't it? You know, you spend enough time in any one room with one kind of thought, and you're going to be twisted a little bit. <laughs> For real. And, uh, there's, you know, there's so much to learn. So I want to get some uh, information from you from my career, too, later on. And um, well, let's just talk about you. You started young. Um, now you're used to maybe not being in the spotlight, but when you were a kid, there was a lot of spotlight around your family. Your mom was a cheerleader. Your dad was uh, Ray Hester, NFL uh, linebacker for the Saints from 71 to 73. And so you're used to situations where your family members got attention, so that probably wasn't that unusual for you. But then you went to, I feel like that old show this is your this is your life and <laughs> then in the 7th grade you went to drama school studied, and uh i think you pretty well knew from an elective where you wanted your life to go from that yeah yeah i, I did i mean it's i don't know it's and that's pretty unusual i mean i don't think that most people kind of shoot i mean most people i know don't didn't know what they wanted to do until they were in second year of college, you know? So I, I think that it, it was just one of those kind of weird things. It's like, I got the bug early, you know, mm-hmm. for, um, for the whole, you know, acting, acting thing. So, um, and it's, it's it stuck with me. And I went to, I went to a performing arts high school and, um, you know, did, uh, did that whole thing. They went to Cal arts. So i I've been in it and doing it for for a while. What came and first? And it's for awesome. You? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, what came first for you, the writing or the production side or acting? Acting. Um, yeah, it was definitely an, an acting first. It, it's that is definitely the first the first passion. So everything else kind of like happened. Um, to keep me close to the stage or close to, uh, you know, uh, the, the film sets or whatever. I just wanted to, like, however I could be around film, TV, theater, you know, it's like, I just, that's, that's how I learned everything that I did, you know? So, like, building mm-hmm. sets and all that kind of stuff is just because how can I help? You know, mm-hmm. so um, so in in those how can I helps it? Um, I ended up doing a, a lot of stuff, which is uh, kind of like why my resume is is so eclectic and like that's kind of weird, man. You know, it's like you go from you know working on Andersonville and then you're doing the wipeout, you know, thing with the art department and the sets and so yeah, it is. It's uh, it's been an interesting journey, you know. So. It's kind of like, except for the writer part, because I'm not a writer, but um, mm-hmm. it's like, what, did, what would Shakespeare do? You know, mm-hmm. and Shakespeare did everything. So he not only did he write, but he directed, built the sets, painted the sets, made the costumes. So it's like, I think if you're an artist, if you're like a creative type, you, you find yourself doing a bit of all of it. So 
And so I guess that's probably why I was never a fan of divas, male or female, you know. Um, uh-huh. Like, it's not, a, it's not, you know, the, the film set is not made for a person. You know, it's like it's a conglomerate of many people that are super talented and that want to be there. Because nobody, like, chooses, you know, ah, I really want to, you know, do this thing on a film set, you know, whether it's – unless you, like, really love lighting, you know, and, and that kind of thing, or really love, like, making sets. And I think it's just like a way to express creativity, and then you find yourself in a particular place of doing that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it takes everybody to, to – uh, to pull together to, to make to make films and TV shows and plays and so it's it's a a group effort so yeah so no divas is all I'm saying no divas allowed I'm with you no divas um, allowed <laughs> yeah so Kyle Hester um, you've got an IMDb page that is as long as an Escalade or Escalade um, and even <laughs> and that's just the acting credits on there. Then you've got producer, art department, art director, special effects. Um, I would think, yeah, even in the lean times, which we've all been going through lean times last year and this year uh, with work, still you've you've got the skills and you've got the desire to find things to do, even if you have to make it happen yourself. So how have you kept busy? Yeah, I think um, this is a crazy crazy time for, for everybody, you know, so um, we're just like a, developing projects, and so because we're not sure when things are going to open up, where we're going to shoot, how how difficult is it going to be, you know, to uh, to do the next project. So um, so I think it's it's like it's up in the air for many many people on the indie film level, and um, unless you you know are a showrunner and and have millions of dollars, then you can, you can afford to do all the stuff you need to do, you know, for COVID now. But uh, it's definitely thrown kind of everything up in the air. So it's like, you know, reinventing your, you know, kind of what, what you're thinking, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just kind of shucking and jiving and spinning plates and finishing Creature <laughs> 6. And <laughs> so, yeah, all that. Yeah, I, I know there was a um, there was a, a series I, I'm a resident or excuse me established townsperson on, and for the first two seasons, and now they're finally starting to get back, and I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous. But they say they seem to be taking care about doing uh, giving everyone COVID tests and keeping us separate and making sure we're all uh, being as safe as we can be. Yeah, and you know what? I I think uh, just from an outside perspective, I think that now things really will start getting better. Um, and this is just I don't know. Uh, this is a one man's opinion, but um, I think with the vaccinations that are that are happening now, and they're happening every day, like thirteen or one point three million a day now, so. And that's basically slowly but surely going to be taking people out of the COVID pool. Everyone out of the pool, you know. <laughs> so then, if it's 
if it slowly gets taken, people are getting out of the pool slowly every day, then those numbers are just going to keep going down and down and down. So I really have, you know, hopefully the variance from other countries and all that stays under control. But, you know, I have, I'm optimistic that things are going to, are going to get back to normal sometime this year. So that's what I have to say about it. Okay. Well, I, I think that, um, um, I could even call you, you know, I've called myself a social, excuse me, armchair sociologist until I studied ethnography. Then I said I'm an armchair ethnographer, but I feel like yours, you are as well. You're, you're a good, um, I feel like you watch and learn and listen to a lot of things. So I'll, I'll take your prediction and, uh, I'll take some action on that prediction. Yeah. Be good. All right. Cool. I'll meet you in Vegas. We'll put a bet down, <laughs> see if they'll take a bet. <laughs> I'm kidding. These are the jokes, people. <laughs> okay. So um, we are now, in a few minutes, we're going to open up the phone line. So you're, uh, if anybody wants to ask a question or uh, just talk to Kyle Hester, that'll be okay with you, won't it, Kyle? Definitely. All right, sounds good. And so we're going to talk about films uh, that you've made and what you like about them and uh, and just a little bit more than that. But I'm going to, um, before we open the phones, I've got to play a little message, and uh, then we'll be right back. I'm going to mute you so you can get a glass of water if you want it, and or you can just stay. Here we go. Yeah, I said, here we go. Push the button. There we go. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, right? When you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. Eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I think he's just a little, it's just exaggerating a little bit. Okay, so if you'd like to talk to Kyle Hester, you can go ahead and give us a call, and um, we'll be happy to take your call. And you can ask him a question, ask him about acting, about producing, filmmaking, and there's no telling what else we're going to ask him. We want to know. We want to know the truth, the dirt. By the way, talking about no divas, um, what was Sharon Stone like to work with? Because I like her, and I was—I just want to believe she's as nice as I think she is. You can take that to the bank because she was. She was a super nice person, and um, so there was nothing like whatever. I had heard, you know, you go into something, you know, you, you're, oh, my God, I'm going to go, I'm going to be working with, like, Sharon Stone. And, you know, are you nervous? Well, no. But um, but you, what about all this stuff? I don't know. It's like people are people, you know, and you, you it's like I'll take everyone at face value, and, and until you prove otherwise, you know, I'm going to assume that you're a nice person, you know. So mm-hmm. 
and she was awesome. She was super cool, and um, and she was like, very spiritual. And we talked about you know spirituality and and that kind of stuff. And so yeah, she was a very nice person. I have nothing but good things to say about her. Okay, but she still cracked you in the head, though, didn't she? She did. She did. And that was not cool because, you know, you know what? But I, I've said this before, <laughs> what and I'll that? say this. This was uh, Last Dance. It was Last Dance. Um, it was like Sharon Stone. She was on death row. And um, and and, and the, basically, it was going to be her her like breakout film they what she was like they were pushing for awards on that film and and unfortunately it came out the same year of um uh dead man walking with sean penn oh. and so it was two death row movies the same year and it was sean penn basically against sharon stone and so sharon didn't get an award for the show for the for the film i thought she did a great job um, but anyway let me tell you like here's the thing about that movie because my character was Matt, and Sharon Stone killed my character and, um, you know, my girlfriend in the film. So, you know, uh, really we can thank me for Sharon being able to do that movie, because if I hadn't died, she wouldn't be on death row. There would be no movie. So, I'm just saying. You made death row hip, didn't you? <laughs> I I I think I did. I think I did. That's why they haven't made many death row movies after that until until the chair, which I was also in, so I have to be in all death row movies, so you know. Well tell us about the chair and then we're gonna take some calls. Okay. Um the chair, uh, if you like horror films, because this is it's a dark it's a dark psychological horror um it takes place on death row and uh it's basically you kind of go into the mind of this guy who's on death row i played one of the guards so along with roddy piper played the lead guard and zach galligan was in it and noah hathaway uh he was he was also one of the guards and and it, it was it, an amazing cast an amazing cast but um it was basically a deep dark journey into the mind of somebody on death row where you don't know what's real and what's not and that kind of thing. And um, so mm-hmm. I don't really want to give any, give much away on it, but there are a lot of great performances by people. So if you like horror films, cause it is, it's a horror film. So I, I recommend it for sure. Rod, but they, Rowdy, yeah. Roddy Piper. Yeah. Yeah. I think fun? it was one of, one of his, one of the best performances that that I've seen him do, for sure. Mm-hmm. Did Did you wrestle between scenes and stuff? Did he, you know, when he got bored, did he want to wrestle you? You know what's funny? He did. I didn't do that, but he he was like he was there for playing around. So he would like mess around with like some of the crew members, you know, that were uh, that were kind of there for you know, hey, show me something. He like grab people by the necks and you know twist them up and. And it was like, yeah. So he did that. It was he was he was a very cool person. It must be something about that that business of wrestlers. The first, and this was many years ago. The first thing I ever did an extra on, or the first film, was No Holds Barred with, um, oh God, what's his name? Well, Tiny Lister, and 
my God, I should know, the blonde. And then they had a reality show, Hulk Hogan. Right. And when we were all having lunch, all the extras, because this was in the, in the fight scene at the end, the big, so there's like a big audience and there's a lot of us. You know, they would come out and talk to us. And Hulk, they had just had their first baby. Him and his wife, they'd come out, sit with us, chat, Tiny Lister. I had a picture of myself with T- Tiny Lister, uh, you know, the other wrestler in there. And I said, I'm going to keep this. So whenever I have to go get my car fixed, I'll say, this is my husband. So please don't, you know, screw me over on Please don't overcharge because my husband's going to come get the car. I thought about doing that. Uh, Probably should have. But, yeah, okay. So Kyle Hester, he's bringing death row back. All right, let's take our first call. So welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Just come on in. Tell us who you are. Hello. This is Michael Schutz. Hello again, Madam Jennifer. Oh, Michael Schutz, the... uh, uh, I don't like your book. Plank children, yes. Plank children. I don't like it. It was gory. <laughs> it was scary. I did. I, it was creepy. To like. <laughs> What's that to like? Hello, Kyle. Well, hello. You probably scared her too much, man. These things happen. I guess so. You know, I don't know if she'll be able to take the chair the way you were <laughs> describing it. Yeah. Now, have you Have you seen it? I have not, um, but uh, while I was listening in, I, I put that in my watch later. I'll watch it tonight. I have I have definitely seen your uh, zombie with a shotgun, though. I like that a lot. Oh, right. Oh, cool, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's that. you know what? Zombie with a shotgun, that's like one of those where um, people either, like, really like it or really don't get it, and they're like, they hate it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm like, all right, you know, but because it's not a typical – zombie film it's not like you know train from busan you know you're not yeah. like you're hacking up a bunch of it so anyway i don't want to give anything away you know for it but um right. you definitely have to go into it with an open mind well it, that's that's why i loved it because it is such a unique and i don't want to give anything away either but it is such a unique vision of it and i think with the uh you know the pandemic and you know everything that's happened with covid now you know, the zombie with the shotgun, that, that view that's expressed in, in that movie is really timely. I think it works really well with everything yeah, it going really, on. Yeah, it's pretty so. weird. It is. Yeah. It's pretty strange how that happened because zombie with the shotgun was made before this whole thing happened, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, you have to, for listening, you, you got to watch the film and you'll know what he's talking about, like, with all of the correlations. Mm-hmm. I was really curious about, I, I love what you said about everyone has their role to play and in film, you know, expressing your creativity. Um, and I guess I was just, I'm so fascinated with film. You know, I write, I write my, my stories and, and novels, but uh, just between you and me, I want an IMDb credit. <laughs> I was, I'm just curious what it was like producing that movie and what does that entail? Um, uh, are we talking about Zombie with a Shotgun? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zombie with a Shotgun, it was, okay. Basically, that's Hilton Ruiz. That's that's his baby. So he um, he did, like, the whole web series, it's, it's, which is also, I think it's on Amazon as well. It's also on YouTube. Um, and So it stemmed from that. So 
I had done the chair and then I, I was just beginning to like start to fundraise for Preacher Six, which is not out yet. Um, and and I was I was like I saw this zombie with a shotgun, you know, on Twitter, and it's got a massive following. And I'm like, wow, this this is super awesome. Like, what's going on? This yeah. should be a movie. So so Hilton and I started like you know texting each other, and um and then right, so you know give me a call. So we talking on the phone and, and talking about the film. And I said, you know, well, so what's happening with, uh, with this? Are you going to make a movie with it? Or what do you want to do? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to some investors right now. And, you know, people, everybody wants to go have lunch, but nobody wants to write a check, you know, for a movie. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was like, I totally understand. Um, so I said, well, you know, why don't we just do it? Let's just, uh, let's just, you know, launch a, launch a fundraiser. So, so we, we got on, did the Kickstarter thing, and and that we were like two weeks into Kickstarter, and and it was like it wasn't looking like it was gonna make the funds, and and we had it for I think sixty days or something like that. I'm like, screw it, cancel it, take it down. We're going into go go. So so we canceled it and and, and uh, stopped it and went to Indiegogo because in Indiegogo you can you know keep the funds. So if you don't make it, it's not like all that time and effort goes away because time is time and you know divide your life up you only have so many you know kickstarters to fail at before you're dead so um (laughs) so yeah so we so we launched a couple of those and um and then got it done but uh but basically the producing of it was mostly hilton i helped him raise the funds for it and then played um the my character hank ray in it well, that still sounds really fascinating. That's just, I, I love seeing that, uh, getting a glimpse of behind the scenes and everything. And I, and I love that you just do so much in all your films. So thanks for, uh, thanks for talking with me, Kyle. Thank you so much. I know you're awesome. Okay. We're glad you called. And Michael, that shower scene, and I can't go near a laundry chute again. Okay. So thanks a lot. Uh, Kyle, uh, I mean, uh, um, <laughs> Michael, one more thing for you. I had something sure. just for you. Um, oh. Mm, yeah, you're going to think, uh-oh. Um, Michael, honey, <laughs> could you come a little closer and turn around? Oh, okay. Oh, I know what's coming. Yo! That was it. Okay. Oh, damn it, Stings. <laughs> Yours is coming, Kyle. You're going to get one, too. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to sign up for. What's going on? What is, what's happening here? <laughs> Thanks. Ruin it for everybody, Michael. Okay. Give away the ending. All right. Oh. Uh, Thanks so much for calling. And by the way, if you're listening and you want to call, I didn't give the number before because I already had people waiting. But the number is six four six seven one six nine nine two two. That's six four six seven one six nine nine two two. Uh, Blog Talk Radio assures me it's a toll-free call in the continental U.S. Um, But people in other countries, well, it might cost a little bit. For God's sake, you get to talk to Kyle Hester. And um, for people who, and you know we've all been through this, Kyle, if you want to make a call but you can't because of your day job or you got to be quiet or something, uh, you can always send me a message on Facebook either through Jennifer Modette Perry or through Madam Perry Salon, just message me with your question or comment for Kyle. I'll be happy to share it. And again, the number is 646-716-9922. 
And looks like we've got somebody from up in the cold place, maybe Chicago. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. How you doing? Chindabre, how you doing? Good. Come on and introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Peter G. I am a uh, cartoonist and a animator from the Chicago area. So yeah, it's as Richard Jenny says, Chicago was founded by New Yorkers who said, you know, I like the dirt and I like I like the crime, but it's just not cold enough. <laughs> Richard Jenny, we miss you. Yes, we <laughs> do. Awesome. Yes, we do. Okay, so. Uh, Peter G., you got a question mm-hmm. for Kyle Hester uh, about. The, uh, yeah, actually, this this is a little more about the logistics of things, because given all your experience, because I keep seeing all these people talking about, you know, streaming is the future. You got to keep in mind, I cut my teeth in the comic book industry. And when the comic book industry went digital with comiXology, uh, they weren't releasing uh, sales figures, and not a lot of people were getting paid. So when I hear people talk about streaming services and everything, I just worry that it's the same thing over and over again. What do you see from your angle of things? Do you see streaming as a boon to indie filmmakers? Do you see it as not worth the effort? What is your take on it versus traditional media, especially given that traditional media seems to be contracting like it is? That's an excellent question, and this is kind of a rabbit hole, um, but I'd be more than happy to go down it. Um, so streaming is one of those things where the distribution companies can do really well because they have so many people that they get to do films with. Um, and like, if like, uh, Amazon prime, um, will, you know, if you, if you watch it on prime, you have prime, like, so that Amazon is going to get like seven cents for that view of the film. So that three and a half cents is going to trickle down to the distributor um, for that view of the film. So then 80% of that is going to get to the creator of the film. So that leaves you with about two cents. So And that's for a view of a, of a film. So um, I, I, I'm very opinionated about this. And um, and I, I've seen distribution companies basically tank films because it's the first thing that they do is put it up on Prime. So, but they don't care because they're going to get their you know three or four hundred dollars a month, and they've got five hundred films. So they're they've got their Ferrari, you know. But it's not helping the the filmmaker, you know. So so what I'm going to do um, is not that. So with with Preacher Six but it is going to be on a streaming platform. So I'm going to release it on Vimeo um, for rental. So, and that, so that is what I would do like for comic books. You know, it's like for, for, for anything, whether it's comic books or films, you've got to have your audience and you've got to know how to reach out to them, you know, again, and let them know like when you have your stuff available, have a website, have you, you know, your stuff downloadable so that, you know, if they're paying five bucks for a comic or whatnot, you're getting, you know, that five bucks is yours, you know. So um, it's like because on a film rental, it's like if somebody rents a film, you know, on Vimeo for $5, 
and Vimeo gives the the creators like ninety percent. So then you know, so I would get like four fifty for a five dollar rental. So on Amazon Prime, how many two cents views on a film is there to make up four dollars and fifty cents? I'll tell you, it's a shitload of <laughs> views. <laughs> so it's just simple math, you know? So it's like, it's never made sense to me why people do it, you know? And I've, I've talked to so many filmmakers, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Put it on rental, put it on your own thing, rent it, sell DVDs. Do people listen to me? No, they do not. And this is why filmmakers basically do one film and they're done because they don't listen to me because I got the ideas. I'm trying to tell you how to make money, but, uh, you know. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's always been kind of interesting seeing, especially when it comes to, like, Amazon, because I'm, a, I'm an indie film buff. I love watching indie films. I love seeing what people do, uh, especially with the ultra-low budgets. And I always tell people, it's like, if you can't get your movie on Amazon, you're just not trying. I mean, have you seen some of the stuff that gets on Amazon Prime? Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the, the reason why is because um, you can upload a film. If you've got a film, you can upload it to Amazon. So you don't even have to have a distributor to do that. So, but then, you know, if you want to make money, you know, then you've got to reach out to the audience, like, to, to, find, you know, to find the audience. But, so, yeah, yeah so that's good. why... Yeah, because so good luck them finding you that. among. Yeah, good luck them finding you in that ocean out there. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like anything else, I mean, you know, it's like, it, what does the studio do? Like, how do you how do you hear about a film? Is you hear a commercial? You know, you hear a radio ad or you see a billboard or something. So, they've got like millions of dollars in ads. You know that people are going to see their film. So that's how they hear about it. So that's what most indie filmmakers don't do you know, is advertising. So it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have a pretty big Twitter following, but I mean, that's not gonna, you know, make a film, you know, so you got to think outside the box and like, you know, what would a studio do? They would advertise. So always keep advertising as part of the budget. You know, if I can interject here, what Kyle said about why people don't make money because they don't listen to him I'd like to echo that just a moment with my own take on it, and especially while you're listening, Peter G., Michael Schutz, I know is still listening, and other people. Um, One of the things that I tell people is when I have clients that are, um, and I don't mean to be cutting into your time here on the show, or I don't don't mean to be jacking your steez, okay? but. (laughs) <laughs> but this is something I've heard you talk about in interviews. And I, by the way, I love, I love the people at the shows you've been on and uh, interviews uh, like a channel of the living dead. That's fun. Do join those guys are fun. But uh, I tell people it's a short attention span world. I don't mean people are stupid, but I mean, people are hit by so much stuff all the time it's hard to remember the biggest lie I tell myself is I don't have to write that down I remember (laughs) I know right yeah but you got to put stuff out in front of people all the time you've got to be doing this you've got to be at it you know I'll tell people um, 
stick, but get stickers, get swag, or just go go on, interact with people, and don't just do me, 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 but interact with other people on social media. Um, I'm doing social media right now for a corporate client who's in the aerospace industry, and you know, I'm surprised at how some you can tell when they've got younger employees because they'll be interacting a lot on social media, and when they're not. Uh, they just kind of like sit back like, well, I got a Twitter account and nobody's doing anything. I knew it wouldn't work. But Kyle, like Kyle says, you've got to put yourself out there. You can't try one time and go, well, they didn't want me. It's not going to work. Um, I love the story of how Kyle got the audition or I think it was the chair or is it the book of Daniel because you just put something out there. You made it yourself. Yeah, yeah, that was um there's uh yeah, that was Book of Daniel. Um so I think that uh okay, if you go on my YouTube page that you you'll be able to see the video that this is that I made. Um it's it's called uh, the Book of Faces. So I just basically got out in the backyard and I was doing this like, you know, just doofing around, um just being dramatic, you know, about I just started to run. And I have come back to, you know, I expected like or two or three or whatever. And so I, was, I made this like basically like a Shakespearean drama type thing that was just ridiculous. Um, but it was uh, it was something that I could show somebody, you know. And um, so this uh, casting director, Device, um, you know, who I had friended on on Facebook Previously, she's like, well, I have this movie, um, you know, coming out uh, or that she's casting called Book of Daniel. Um, you know, do you have anything you can send me? So, oh, well, check out this silly video that I did. Just, oh, my God, that's so awesome. You know, yeah, <laughs> you definitely have to come in. You know, so then I, I came in for the uh, for the audition and and then I booked booked the film. So, and that's just just by having something that somebody could look at. You know, it's like, you don't know how many times people go, you know, hey, can you put me in your movie, you know? And it's like, well, first of all, I don't have a movie right now to put you in, but if I did, um, I would love to be able to go, uh, yeah, show me what what do you do? What can you do? Like how, how what, because what do you have that is that is going to make what you're asking someone to do better for for the person that you're asking them to do something for you? You know, so it's like a it's like a trade, you know. So I, I don't and, want to diagram that sentence, Kyle. <laughs> but it's good advice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I I I I know. I ramble. It's true. It is true. No, but it's perfect. But uh <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So you know, put a reel together, do something. Do something you can show. Yeah. And um that's what you got to do. You've got to be seen by people. You know, you've got to get out. You've got to be seen. You've got to, um, and you have to do it more than once because people see so many others. And the 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 video he showed, you can still see it. It's um, it's like he took a a concept. You know, it made it kind of a, a facetious art concept, but took it to the mat. I mean, he worked it, and it was just beautiful. It just smacked you, and uh. And I can see, I can see where that would impress somebody. Go, that's the guy I want. Uh, you've been, you know, I got to say, once you were acting, I hope this is okay. This is definitely a compliment. 
I watched some of your young stuff when you were young, handsome boy. As you've gone on, in the, as your career has gone on, and you now you're, you know, you're a little older. You've got the long hair, and I'm watching you when you act, and I'm thinking, wow. Kyle, you're turning into the Jason Momoa of horror films. <laughs> I'll take that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I mean, here's here's the thing. Time does not stand still. So you you we are always evolving. And I and it's like um there was a time, you know, it's like when you're when you're in your 20s and you think you're going to look like, you know, you're in your 20s, you know, forever. And it's like, ah, this is great. I am beautiful. Check me out. Mm-hmm. I will walk into a room and everyone will look, and this will be great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't stay like that. So it's like there's, there's a time when, when you go, huh, something is changing, you know? And I'm not sure what it is. But it's like if you can always be cognizant of, like, what is actually in front of you. You know, like, who are you now? Like, so, like, you're always, like, reevaluating and, you know, what do you, what, as an actor, you know, what do you look like when people see you? What do you look like? So that is, that is your calling card is what you look like. So, and it really doesn't matter what that answer is because I am never going to be a 21-year-old hot dude again because that's over. I'm not 21, you know, so, so being and seeing who you are, then you're, you'll be able to be honest with what you're really going to be able to do, you know, in, in like casting calls, you know, and just go with who you are, you know, and like, like with, with acting roles, it's like, there's not a, you're not going to be competing, you know, with a model if you're not a model, you know, so don't try to get those parts because that's not what you're going to be getting, you know, so do the thing that you do. So does that make sense? It's me. Right on. How about you, Peter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't hire Barbara Streisand for a role that Jessica Alba needs to play. Well, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's one thing I've noticed. A lot of people mistake about acting. They think that they get into acting, they'll do anything. It's like, no, you're kind of actually a sort of a prop. You will have a certain look. You'll have a certain manner. It will fit a certain end, but you're not going to walk in and just do whatever it is you think you can do. Yeah, it's like a Dustin Hoffman. I, I play the best damn beefsteak tomato. You know, he's like, why can't I get a part? <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, I, I, it's it's like Christopher Walken. He said is, is the biggest advantage he has is that he's the only one of his kind. He says, if you want a Christopher Walken type, you got to get Christopher Walken. <laughs> right. That's, that's it. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, too, I um... – when when Art and Marine was on here recently, do you do you know her, Kyle? I no. Have you I ever don't. seen Insatiable? I have not seen Insatiable. Okay, well she plays Regina Sinclair, the real estate agent who also uh, kidnapped an, an Asian baby from a mall and said, 
And when the daughter found out, she says, you know, I could have taken any baby from that mall, but you're the one I wanted that you were special. But anyway. Thanks. You know, she <laughs> talked about, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a wild show. But she talked about the pivot, about how you have to learn to pivot. You know, when you, uh, when you think you're going to get something, you're, you've got a mindset, you're going to go a certain way, and then that's, that avenue, that street is cut off for you. It's a detour. You've got to find how to get where you want to go. Just pivot and find a different way to get it. Don't go, well, I guess that'll never work. You know, you've got to keep on going. Um, and and two, it just helps to get along with people. I found that as well. By the way, I've got a message from you uh, on, on Twitter, and this is from Rusty Waga Comics. He That's his uh, Twitter name, or Rusty blades i believe and he's in japan so we can't make a phone call because he's at work but he said see i told you we got it you know if you're at work you can still holler um oh yes okay he's uh australian but working in japan got it got it rusty he's just correct me thank you um but he said he's listening to the show he's enjoying it he said he you know he focuses on indie comics but he supports indie artists across different sectors uh he wishes you much more success and he is very happy to see you out promoting indie movies thank you rusty thank and you and i'm rusty. gonna tell I, yeah yeah to tell him that's that's awesome I, I i appreciate that i mean it's like uh basically with without indie independent artists and independent film and the fans of it. It's like without the support, I mean, this, this is a very trying time for all of this stuff. You know, it's like, um, how do we keep it going? You know? And I, and I, so I think that like saying that it's like, it really does need that support. And so I appreciate that a lot. You, you know, I like how, you know, you're talking about you, you're looking positive toward the future and, it, it made me think, you know, how a lot of us get on, on Twitter or whatever when we talk about, you know, uh, will bras ever be a thing again? Oh, I need new sweatpants or something. This is my uh, corporate Zoom meeting sweatshirt. You know, we all kid around like that. But my, my best friend's daughter said that her daughter, who's in her 20s, said, you know, she kept on. This was a few months ago after the lockdown had started, like last summer. And she said, my daughter keeps, you know, she's wants to always um, – She's always giving herself manicure, pedicure every week. She's all that. And I'm going, why? Why are you doing this? You're not going to get out. She says, but mom, one day this is going to be over and I am going to be ready. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I like that. And I started doing that more like, you know, okay, I'll go ahead and do my nails. I'll do my hair. I'll doll up. You know, I've still got a husband and he's working from home. So, of course, I want to look good. But, yeah, it's going to happen. And you got to be this is a great time to get ready, to be ready. Um, whether you want to start writing something or raising money or, or pulling your crew together. And isn't this a lovely time for you, if you would, if you don't mind, Kyle, to tell us how we can support your work. I know you have a Patreon page. I've seen it. It looks good. Uh, but tell us what we can do to support film so we can see more of you, so to speak. You know what? I think actually the Patreon is a great is a great way to do it. I think I start I started at like three dollars, um, and it's like Patreon Kyle Hester actor guy. So I think if you put in Kyle Hester, you'll you'll see me. But Kyle Hester actor guy is is the the thing. 
But, um, I mean, like, what I want to do is eventually be making independent film with solar power. So, I mean, and that's right now, that it's like I started, like, this whole thing of wanting to do that before uh, the pandemic happened. And so now looking at it now, it's like, wow, that's a big reach. Like, right now, I'm just trying to, like, figure out how to, how to make films again. So I think that uh, – and that's why we're, we're kind of developing, you know, what we're going to do next. But I have high hopes. And um, and the way to, to support independent film and uh, helping to get it going is definitely the, the Patreon. So three bucks, and you can be a part of that, and I appreciate every every one of it. All right, and thank you so much. And uh, so you can go to his Patreon page, and I will also be sharing this information so uh, about the link to his Patreon page. I will be saving, sharing it on all of my social media as Madam Perry Salon and as Jennifer Perry. Well, that's because that? you're awesome, Jennifer Perry. Oh, <laughs> hey, I like to see good people make it. You know, I like to see good people, people who are already working. Of course you want to support them, and I know you do too. You know, you want to see people working as hard as you do succeed. Yeah. Um you know, that's what, okay, oh, and thank you, Rusty. Rusty, thank me for having you on. Um, thank you so much. And also, uh, Crystal from Michigan messaged me, and she said, I love this show, and I love his attitude, and I'm already a fan, but thank you so much for having Kyle on your show. This is great. So thank you, Crystal. Thank but, you, Crystal. Well, I'm a fan of yours, too. <laughs> so There. She's a pretty cool chick, I guess. I mean, she's a, she's a regular follower of the show. So thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate that. And uh, so, yeah, we want to make sure that people know how to. Hey, this is your chance. When people say, if you say you can't find anything you like to watch, this is your chance to get what you want. More of Kyle Hester and uh, quality entertainment. I am just, you know, I was so so thrilled when you agreed to do the show and I'm so happy to have you on and I wish you much success in everything you do. We all do. Um, Peter G, are you still hanging around in here? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, I didn't know if you could find your way out or not. So I'm going to let, I was going to open the door for you, Peter, so you can get back to uh, working on your films and your comics. And uh, are you ready? Yes, I am. Hit the button. All right. That was the door. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's just the thing. I have got a – I don't know if you've ever seen these things. There's a guy, Shed Simon, and he, Shed Simov, and he makes these uh, little handheld – it's about the size of a, a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And it is a uh, sound effects – it has about 20 sound effects on there. I'm a nut. I'm completely operational, and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. Well, I don't know if that's true of me, but um, but I just love sound effects. I'm I'm just crazy about them. So um, I dig it. Thanks. I like it. I think do that. Run with it. <laughs> okay, okay. You're you're enthusiastic about that. I am too, and uh, yeah, and and speaking of enthusiasm. Just one more, if you'll allow me before you go. Has the mission been completed? You know that I have the greatest enthusiasm for it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I don't know what you were expecting from me, but I still hope you're happy uh, to be here. I love gonna... it. I love it. Well, you've you've been awesome, and thank you so much for for having me on. And uh, I, well, I think that uh, sharing good stuff is 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 always is always good, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. The more we share for each other and get the get all the good people working. It will generate an energy to make things happen like we never imagined, uh, but we'll certainly enjoy. So remember to give me uh, it also anybody who wants the Madame Perry Salon uh, lightsabers or the other little flashlights or any of my other swag or my CD. Um, Message me your address. I'll send it to you. And if you don't like the CD, hey, it makes a great cat toy or a coaster. And you know what? Kyle, if you really don't like it, I'll send you three more. You have a set of coasters. So, <laughs> so everybody, remember Monday nights, Viv Boucherot. Thank you so much. And uh, soon, also, uh, the date's not on, but we're going to have Candace Knight from uh, uh, oh, what's Blackstone's Knight. Um, I mean, Blackmore's Knight. You know, Richie Blackmore's her husband, and they have a great band. And, uh, yeah, that she'll be on later this month, too. So thank you. Uh, be good to each other. Be good to yourself. I'm going to close out with my philosophy. Everybody's got to win. Good night, Kyle Hester. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Awesome.